We're not, yeah. anyway. We're not, not going to get Kat's picture. You're not. No. <laughs> I, I am soaking wet from coming in. I am. I look like a drowned rat, so I'm quite happily not having a picture of that. Well, don't make any difference to the podcast. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't, but, you know. <laughs> I'm also in a uh, big fluffy dressing gown as well. So. <laughs> oh, smart. I thought I thought for one moment you were going to say you're sort of, you know, I've got in from the, I was soaking wet and I'm sitting here in in, in my birthday suit or something. <laughs> no. Well, listen, listen we've all done, we've, we've all, we've all taken our clothes off on a podcast before, haven't we? Just, just me. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah. Just, just yeah. That, that was your opening line. Edit that into your opening line for this podcast. I dare you. <laughs> it's on his. It's on his Tinder profile. Haven't we all got Grinder? Don't do Tinder. <laughs> Tinder's Tinder's for squares. Hello, and welcome to the Frankenstein's RPG podcast series two. Episode 8. <laughs> the idea behind the podcast is that we take an element of role-playing games, really like, on a given theme, waffle a bit, trying to convince the rest of the panel that your suggestion is the best, and then we vote on each of the proposed elements to find a winner. We then are going to sort of stitch it all together, hopefully come up with a game we can try to play. It should be just for laughs, but you never know. Kickstarter, you say. Hmm. Uh, this series, we're looking at science fiction, and in this episode, we're looking at Kit and Luck. And joining me are Cat, Tamsin, Sam, and Jim, the fools. <laughs> Quick mention for contributors, and of course for Fabio's fantastic film, All Around Coriolis. I'll pin that tweet to the Twitter feed. His uh, shameless self-promotion is well shameless. Anyway, here we go. Luck and kit Series two, episode eight. The torture of people continues. So this episode, we're looking at uh, equipment in a reasonably sort of broad sense, but essentially which sort of sci-fi game does really well with, with, with equipment. And then the other bit is about luck and or uh, fortune or whatever else you want to call it, points that allow you to sort of not quite break the game but you know what i mean so luck etc so kit and luck right tamsin i have to ask you first which one would you like to start with <laughs> well, I'll get it wrong. i mean i i won uh luck last season so um <laughs> which it was I... rather limiting um so instead i would like to do equipment first please bob <laughs> kit first okay so, in that case, since you you have uh, you have uh, rather regally made a start with kit and equipment and stuff, 
what uh, what are you going to go for? Right. And no is, introductions. And is it, is it, no, we're just going straight in. Straight in. It's my job to remind you when you're not doing. <laughs> <laughs> because right. because I'm such that. a professional, <laughs> shall shall we introduce ourselves? Okay. <laughs> okay. So so, Tamsin, do you care to uh, introduce yourself to uh, to the listeners? Hi, hi everyone. I like to think that I'm I'm the rogues gallery of uh, this podcast. Uh, chaos always ensues when I'm on. Um, I am uh, Tamsin, long time role player. Too long and uh, X Hamzen X on Twitter, and I'm sure I'll be in for some stick at some point. Yes, you will. Uh, Jim? Oh, yeah, Jim, staggering through the Moss Isa canteen of life, drunk, I think, uh, at Jim Jim the Grim on, on Twitter, if you want to send abuse, uh, there'll probably be some. Um, that's it. Yes. Cat? Hi, I am Cat. I am uh, Mith Beer on Twitter. I am... Um, long-term um person that seems to appear on this show and i'm also the yeah. editor of never mind the dice rolls uh which is an rpg zine yeah. and very good it is too uh sam yeah hi i'm sam zero veil on twitter uh, everybody knows who the heck i am everybody who cares so i'll, I'll do with that everybody who cares that's <laughs> Nobody, nobody really cares. We know that. <laughs> they do. Right. So, Tamsin, which of these two are we going to go with first? <laughs> I'd like to do Kit, please. Let's do Kit. Okay. Would you Would you like to lead the charge? I can. I can. Yes. So, Kit was a really interesting one because it's not really got a lot of mechanics um, around it, and it's more around the administration. So um, anyway, right, so first of all, and I, I brought many options because last time my option got stolen by a certain somebody who for the record still owes me a pint, by the way. So I'm just getting that out there. Um, so I have many options. So if any of us double up, <laughs> we've got backups, but I'm going first, so it's fine. So I don't think anyone is uh, was is going to be tempted by one of my first contenders, um, which is the uh, Robotech, the role-playing game. You're not going to see that because it's all bled out. There we are. Blimey. Robotech. Ooh, I know. I've got that somewhere. It's, yeah. I mean, I think role-playing is stretching uh, its description slightly. But the reason, and it's 1993 Palladium Games, and the reason I like it is purely because the equipment section is uh, like five lines long. So that's quite good. And it, yeah. it's got this excellent quote on it. It's so assume each character has a number of, of uh, the standard equipment from their character sheet, plus a number of common personal items. And are you ready for this list? A modest wardrobe, a stereo, a video, artwork, knickknacks and booze so that that is your that is your equipment list for all you need modest wardrobe there we go but no so wardrobe. i was tempted by booze. that and booze um but i decided to not go with that however oh and you get your money from like a monthly salary for working for the mech company 
I guess. Um, related to that is, and I've got my big pile of books here. Mm -hmm. And if one of my main choices, Dark Heresy. Ooh. Role playing game. I'm going to explain why. So you again get a monthly salary for whatever job you've got for the Inquisitor. You have starting gear. But Dark Heresy introduces the ideas of availability and craftsmanship. And availability mm. I've seen quite a lot, but craftsmanship doesn't come up quite so often. So <laughs> availability, it's got great tables. So it's kind of got a table for each of these things. And um, the availability is determined by the item plus the population of the community that you're in. So for example, a rare item becomes average to find if you're in like a capital city. So it depends on, so you've got to be a bit clever. You're like, oh, I want this rare thing. I better wait until I've got the cash and I'm in the right area. Mm. And then you and then you do an inquiry test as a role to see if you can get it or not, right? And that is modified by availability. It's basically a whole game in getting a piece of kit just <laughs> in this game. Right, well, and there's another layer, craftsmanship, craftsmanship. Yeah. So your craftsmanship, if it's kind of good, best or whatever, that can improve your chances of making the role when you use it. But again, craftsmanship level modifies availability and cost. So that's why I'm okay. saying there's a but whole makes game. Sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so it, it kind of... I like the idea that it does all those, just <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah, if you want this thing, there's a whole planning organization to try and get it. So that's what I quite like about the equipment in Dark Heresy. So, and then, so oh, forgive, forgive, forgive me for interrupting just yeah. a bit. So it, it's a role that's modified by at least two other things. Yeah. It it's, sounds a lot like Merp to me. Um, maybe maybe this is sort of wish wish fulfillment on on <laughs> on, on my part sorry uh, again i interrupted you crack on that's all right that's all right and then the other one that i wanted to give an honorable mention to in kit was um cyberpunk okay um this is like what i love is this is a really really old copy it's like second edition and it's got a section called money in 2020 which just cracks me up um but <laughs> i we haven't got any but there you go uh, what what i i wanted to give it a mention so yeah that's our talisorian games uh, 1990 is the uh the cyberware section so what is good about this so if we wanted to put cyberware into uh, this Frankenstein's RPG is the fact yeah. that you lose humanity for the, the oh, more kind yeah. of cyber uh, where you have. But what's really exciting is that each pit of kit has um, a surgery score. So how difficult it is to actually implant and what kind of level of doctoring you need to do it. And then you get damage 
and it's just it's just the whole level again I love the kind of the, the random mechanics around that so does I've never seen a, a, does a it have surgery a kind of, store. does it have a kind of fumble table for if the surgery goes wrong and you put it on yeah so you get damaged you actually get wounds and stuff and it takes you longer to heal and it messes up and the humanity loss is random as well in this in this edition so it so what's, what's exciting is you could go to get your last bit and you'd be like it's all right I'm kind of I'm not over the level of losing my humanity and then botch the roll and then you're a machine I don't know so <laughs> it's quite I quite like that but <laughs> Okay, but surgery score, surgical. Um, I'm going to go with um, Dark Heresy because I love the availability, craftsmanship, modifiers to a role, so you could fail, so you could plan the hell out of it and still fail to get it. Yeah, now, here's here's a question for you, Tamsin. Are you still mm -hmm. going to go for that? Since basically that See, was is, sort of the one I was is, going to be picking this, no this is why I went oh. first I got Gazump last time so I've now so going to change, change my yeah oh, okay yeah <laughs> good right. I like that I, I like the fact that you know you've gazumped somebody as well I'm um, just switch back to Pendragon you know you were going with that anyway I thought who else in the world <laughs> is going to pick that as a as an equipment game dark heresy True. I like I it so that there's a role for availability, craftsmanship, modifying each one's modifying each one. Yeah, it's a great idea. Great idea, like that. Okay, well, so we'll, we'll give Sam a little bit of time to uh, uh, to come up with a new. No, not necessary. I don't, I don't want to get gizumped on my next guest. I want to go now. <laughs> okay, come on then, Sam. What, what, this what is now the for? new game. This is a game within the game for the yeah. presenters, right? <laughs> you, of course, forgot Bug, to mention thy neighbour. Yeah, I forgot to mention that the, everything has fatigue penalties as well. So exceed your carrying limit, and you and you've got fatigue penalties in there. And then people are going to say, "Oh, fatigue! Oh, who wants fatigue? That's boring." Uh, but you know, we want gear. We ought to have fatigue levels for, you know, something to drop if you uh, if you're trekking through an yeah. alien jungle with a some sort of predator well, on your tail. I, I was. I was. He sounds an in... awful lot like Merp here, you know. <laughs> There was, there was another thing I didn't mention about Cyberpunk, actually. So it says the starting equipment is whatever you can get into a kit bag and carry around. And that's mm. it. That is the definition. You can have whatever fits in to a bag that you carry about. And I quite okay. like that, too. Nicely done. But it's dark heresy you've gone for. Sam, but come on. It is dark heresy, having, yeah. having, having been gazumped, come on. Yep. Well, okay, my next choice is going to be Mothership First Edition. Uh, I'm fully aware there's a new version coming out, uh, hopefully in November. We'll see how Mothership that goes. Mothership one, 1E. One 1E, one yeah. Okay. So basically in here, it's pretty simple. It's a, it's a quick, dirty design. You're given a choice of four kits, depending on uh, what uh, class you've gone for. Okay. I know if I could, you you know this, Dave. You've played this game before. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you get the uh, excavation kit, or exploration kit, or extermination kit, or examination kit, and they all have their own unique bits and pieces of kit in them. That's basically what yeah. you're given. You spend your cash, you can upgrade. That's it. That's all we're going to go for. 
quick and easy. I don't know. It, it, it sounds like if you, went to, dark if you went to the record <laughs> so you could very easily ask for the wrong one because they all start it's, like e yeah. thing. I think you're, you're given this at the beginning of your career and then you get to uh, maybe upgrade with any sort of cash you get. Steal things. It's yeah, good though. I thought I thought one of the things one of the things I really liked about mothership was exactly what you just talked about. It's that simplicity of it. Come on, yeah. Instead of all this, you know, dancing around your handbags and wanting plus one laser pistols and all the rest of it, this is what you got. You're you're someone who needs examination. There you go. You've got a pair of rubber gloves and a and uh, and some lubricant. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any that's in any of the kits. Dave, sorry. Examination kit, maybe. Customs officer kit, maybe. Lubricants. I don't think. No. <laughs> so mothership. Uh, yes. And and but then there is there is a sort of a kit element that you can you can add to it because there are other things that you can buy. Oh, absolutely. If, There's a whole list of uh, equipment you can go for if you if you've got the cash. A lot of stuff you'll never want to use ever. Yeah. Camping yeah. gear, for example. Who who on a spaceship's want to use camping gear? <laughs> Should we go camping? No, let's defeat uh, aliens. They did in Red Dwarf. They went camping down the lower decks. They did. did you're, they? you're right. They went trekking. Yeah. Hiking down the okay. lower decks. Mothership. Four kits. Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. Away you go. Yep. Jim. Are we having an episode on relationship tables and salutations so we can determine who your aunts and uncles are in this? Is there <laughs> either come later? <laughs> Somehow, uh, Gloranthan inspired, perhaps. Oh, it but, could be, couldn't know. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I guess seriously, for a moment, it probably depends on what the table wants in terms of level of detail. In, in that, you know, you sometimes get people that want to get quite into the trading and, and change credits or whatever, um, and, and that might be appropriate if you're around the table wanting to do that in a campaign. Um, uh, some people like perhaps the detail of, of the weapons tables or the equipment tables and everything and, and that sort of uh, sci-fi nerdiness of it, I guess. And, and then there's some... Going shopping, want... things like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's some people that maybe just want a, um, a laser rifle that's exceptionally made with, with a sight that gives them a plus 10% bonus or whatever it is on, on their on their Space Master role. Um and, and then I guess there's maybe especially GMs that don't give a monkeys about this and and just want to get on with the adventure. So I, I think there's an element of, of session zero deciding that. And that's coming back to how we started this, uh, thinking of the whole beyond the rim idea, uh, as it were. Maybe that's something that you decide in the first game. You know, what's the what's the level of detail you want there or or, you know, do you want space swashbucklers? So. Um, there's quite a spread of stuff there and, and probably at the sort of big list of stuff or complexity side of stuff. Um, mm. uh, because we're all holding up something on this podcast for the listeners to watch. Um, <laughs> I would hold up the exhibit for the mm. uh, prosecution. I don't, it's not an honorable mention. It's a dishonorable <laughs> mention. <of> Space <laughs> Opera Volume 2. Um, oh. The... the the whole volume seems to be devoted to equipment, starting off with general equipment lists, survival equipment lists, through archaic advanced uh, weapons, shotguns, tech levels, dark guns. Uh, there seem to be about 20 penetration tables, which is a little worrying. Um, but I did, get this, I did get this from a special shelf in the bookcase. Uh, and 
uh, yeah, it, it goes on and on and on, actually. Oh, I forgot there's another two contents pages. So, um, yeah, it's quite it, it's quite complex. Um, so that would be uh, an extreme that wouldn't be for me, but it, but it's an option. Um, travel a mercenary book. We've got to mention travel, haven't we? Uh, I guess equipment relevant to particular sort of add-on supplements you're going to have, which is a nice idea. Um, and there's plenty of it's, sort of it's, crunchiness there. It's where, it's where the money is. Supplement yeah, is where the money is. Definitely. When yeah. you turn this into a money-making uh, conglomerate, it will it, it's supplement and stuff for players. So an honourable mention, perhaps, to something that, that's relevant to what what uh, Tamsin and, and Sam are going to plump for. Um, the, the, the latest uh, outpouring from Chaosium, uh, it happens to be related to RuneQuest, but it does the whole thing with you know, stuff being easier to get in cities and maybe cheaper, um, which is good. It has a lot of background stuff. And, and when I was thinking about the complex side of things, one of the one of the nice stuff about having that kind of level of detail is generally you you sort of fit it into your, your, your world um, or your universe or whatever, and, and it's quite flavorful. Um, mm. So I like that aspect of the complex stuff. I think that to me is more interesting than the than the credits and the ranges and everything like that of, of the stuff. Um, mm. But it's a, it's a lot of bookkeeping. Um, and it, it, it's a lot of development, especially if you're going to start off collaboratively round the table doing the Beyond the Rim thing where you think of your setting. Um, yeah. So I thought, I, I, I thought the other end of it was, was the kind of simple stuff, which is obviously no equipment and um, something that's a generic system like quest world if you look at the uh the system reference design on on github look at me with the cool kids eh? um <laughs> you know you you can read the, the three paragraphs on it and you're done e equipment is integral to your to your stats subsumed within them uh, of course it it describes and you agree what they can do um and this kind of thing um so you could go that way if that's what you decided if you weren't interested in the uh in the sort of bookkeeping element of it um yeah yep. you know th there is a middle ground where you get some tables um you know pendragon's great you, you can have a ship with 20 crew and no questions asked for three quid um uh knights <laughs> in space or, or pirates in space uh, that, that, that kind of stuff um i cool. i like the idea though of, of saying it's your monster uh, it's your frankenstein that you're you're creating um okay. and so something uh because you know sam sam teased me earlier and said i should pick something niche um so i'm gonna pick smithy of yes sacrilege. oh uh, smithy of sacrilege card. i have never system. heard of that in my life there's a rule system on a postcard uh the wonderful uh sean f smith uh oh it's a is, sean one is is behind this um and yeah, essentially, it's a game system on a postcard, but which is great. But the the equipment bit, I, I rather liked when when he introduced uh, me to it. And you have an equipment score that your character starts out with is eight in this game system. Um, and you can that's one of the things you can opt to increase as a level. Simple encumbrance, if in that if you get over eight, it deducts a deducts something off your skill, um, as we do in Space Master. You might deduct ten percent per point over. Um, and, and I think you, you can just hack it quite simply to say, 
if you've got some some good equipment, uh, a particular sonic screwdriver that that's useful or whatever, you know, you add plus ten to your to your space master roll, or you add it to your critical table, um, which might be interesting results. You know, if the if the upper end mm. of the critical table is is more devastating when you fire your ship's cannon. Um, you know, maybe if you've got a better targeting system, it gives you plus 10 on that. So it could be quite, quite flexible. Um, you could have a professional level that gives you plus 20. And, and it also allows for the very specific stuff because you could say um, if you've got a very specific piece of equipment. So it's generally not useful for everything except the one thing. Maybe it gives you a, a plus 30. So so you hack something like that. Uh, and if I have to give a label to it, um, mm then I will give it Smithy of, of Sacrilege. Blimey. I'll tell you what, Sean's going to be happy. <laughs> Smithy of Sacrilege. He, he's, do, he does, he's done this with a few uh, games, hasn't he, where he's, or everything reduced to one side of a, of a postcard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's taking sort of SRD. Type type ideas or you know whatever's been open sourced and and shrinking it down. It's it's a great idea. Yeah. Well, Kat, you were going to say something? No, no, I disagreed. Um, Sean does a lot of that. Um, also, Leyland Press do um, old school role playing, not quite onto postcard, but literally onto A4. So that they're worth checking out if you like that type of thing. Smithy of sacrilege. Blimey. Simplicity, cardboard sized. I like that. You know, having to lug all these various rule books around it. I could do with something cardboard, uh, postcard size, cardboard size. Uh, cat, come on. Okay, we've gone from um, we've gone from sublime to ridiculous to very small. Yeah, I, I'm not going um, small. I'm afraid, um, but. <laughs> It's not that bad. I was going to um, suggest uh, Blades in the Dark for uh, equipment and tech because I like yep. the idea of, of, you know, flashbacks, getting the tech that way or your equipment. Yeah. But that doesn't really feel very sci-fi to me because, and I was thinking about this as I was coming home, thinking, I've said I'm saying this, and I thought, mm, I don't agree. I think there is another rule set which I think has a similar thing. Yeah. Kind of, not really. You kind of decide the equipment before you go out on your mission. But the laundry. Um, the reason I'm going to go for the laundry is I love the fact that you do have some some of your own equipment, um, your usual. But if you want special stuff to go out on a mission or do something like you will in a sci-fi setting, um, you have to provide a docket to the right department who will then say yay or nay depending on your budget. And that just says sci-fi to me because to me that is you know this isn't going to you know find a bow from a wizened old elf living in a tree who only makes one bow a year or whatever for 50 gold this is sci-fi this is going to find some bored clerk in an office and go please sir i really desperately need this atomic weapon otherwise the mission's going to fail him looking at going Mate, you can bugger off. You destroyed the last five items I gave you. You are having the second-hand one refurbished jobby that I just got in five minutes ago. And if that don't come back, you're getting nothing next time. That is, that's a sci-fi to me. <laughs> whether you're on a spaceship, whether you're in a, uh, like the laundry, whether you're working for a government department, 
that just says sci-fi. So I'm going to go with the laundry system because um, I just also think that it'll add a lot more fun to the game, particularly when you get to be that grizzled clerk looking at the players thinking, how can I refuse them because they've just annoyed the absolute hell out of me and I've stuck it. <laughs> so your idea of sci-fi is uh, rationing. Yeah. <laughs> it's bureaucracy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know, if you're stuck on a spaceship a million miles away from the nearest planet, you are rationed of what you got. It's good. You, you could imagine them going there uh, in terms of a Star Trek adventure. I'd like three red shirts, please. I'm sorry. You got rid of the last three. You're not having any more. Yeah. Did you see the state I, you brought those back in? <laughs> <laughs> who does the laundry? Who, who, who writes the laundry? This is booked by, um, oh, blimey. Um, I know Cubicle 7, I think, released uh, the RPG because oh. uh, I got my copy from Dragon Me, I think. Uh, not that I can find it at the moment. It's somewhere in piles of books. We've got <laughs> well, the laundry. I, I'm not familiar with it, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice has just gone a bit husky. That's... <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. <laughs> My science fiction is some miserable bugger behind a desk. <laughs> That's niche. That is niche. Good. Okay, so me. What have I gone for? Uh, oddly enough, I was going to give a very, 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 very modern, recent mention uh, to Ooh. A-State. Ooh. A-State second edition, which, as Ooh. you just said, actually, Kat, is... Uh, based on Blades in the Dark. Uh-huh. And as as with all these things, it's sort of, you know, new and shiny, new and shiny. But I, I really do like, it does use exactly what you were talking about, which was the, the Blades in the Dark bit. But there's a, a specific um, part of the game where you have these sort of engineers and they're called dinging, 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 dingin. I don't know what they're called, how you pronounce it. And they can tinker with things. So you can modify stuff as well, which sort of comes back a little bit to what you were talking earlier on, Tamsin, about, you know, this idea of modifying or craftsmanship being being uh, having a, a sort of a, an integral role in, in, the, in the equipment bit. But I have not played A-State Second Edition, so I didn't feel particularly sort of comfortable saying it. Uh, but I, it's lovely. And, and incidentally, if you get the opportunity... Well, in, in the last week... You've had it for like a whole week, David. You've not managed to play it. That is outrageous. I I I hang <laughs> hang my head in shame. I'm sorry, but it is it's absolutely fantastic. The whole of it is is brilliant. So I think uh, a friend of the pod, Mr. Hodgson, uh, has done a cracking job. Really well written, like it. And and also I should say the other thing I should mention about it is, I think it's the best uh, the best opening to. Uh, a role-playing book that I've seen that actually talks about session zero and how you handle people's different people's content warnings and stuff. It, it, honestly, I think it's, it's worthwhile just reading that that section alone. You know, what do you what what, what sort of uh, you agree? You know, what are the content warnings, the safety tools, and everything else? It's absolutely fantastic and and very very important. I think so. An honourable mention as well, not just for equipment, but for its. Uh, it's sort of X card, if you like, um, mechanics, which are great. So, but I 
much like uh, Sam in particular, and obviously Jim too. I'm going for a bit of a left field one, and it's and it's recently been re relaunched as well. Mouse Ritter. Also, a game we played at uh, Grog Meet Eve, I think, last time out or the time before. The reason why I really like Mouse Ritter for equipment is it's incredibly simplistic. Now, whether it works in every situation, I don't know for uh, for science fiction, but you have the the, the uh, character sheet, and for the benefit of the uh, those of you listening in black and white, I'm holding up. Uh, I'm holding up the character sheet on which there is an inventory section and you have what things you're carrying in your main paw, body, off paw and other body section. And then you have six different uh, boxes that you can fill with. Plus, you get lots of little handy push out card uh, equipment bits, which very handily, if they are if they are particularly encumbering, as you were talking about, Sam, they fill up two sections on your inventory list. A very, very clever way of, of handling what I think uh, encumbrance and so on. And also, you know, you've got what, what you've got scored, scored in your, stored in your pack, what you've got on your body, what you've got in your hand. So it re removes all of those sorts of issues about, oh, well, did you really have the torch in your hand? I don't think you did, etc. All the sort of, uh, well, I guess you'd say probably from cats cat's perspective the bits you really like which is the uh the quartermaster monitoring what everybody's got on their uh, on their character sheet mouse ritter i think does it beautifully the mechanics i think are absolutely lovely a very very clever way of making the character sheet form uh the most important part of the game i believe um and also who doesn't like to play around with little bits of counters of uh of mouse sized again Tamsin now shaking her head at me <laughs> uh who doesn't like little little I just little see them and I'd be like I would lose those instantly and then the whole thing would be they'd be up the hoover and gone maybe, and that's not a they... euphemism <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna think you're gonna have to redesign little special ones we need little space mice equipment yeah um, otherwise it's not gonna work we need little space mice equipment Space, space mouse ritter. That would be awesome. Yeah, come on. Okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm mouse ritter. Now, before we, before we sort of vote and stuff, quite a big sort of post bag this time. Uh, one thing I should say is I, I'm very, very grateful to uh, Nanook Kakabra, who pointed out again that actually uh, uh, we've been we've been talking about the Grange Hill defence of just say no when in actual fact of course zamo we're calling it the zamo the zamo uh, uh defense uh zamo said yes so we've got that wrong uh so it has to be the nancy reagan just say no so from now on if you say just say I, no nancy reagan i don't care how many times he comments or replies he's not allowed on in principle now <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely uh george poles uh, at George Poles went for gumshoes. Uh, you've got everything someone with your role would be expected to have, and you roll for preparedness for anything out of the ordinary. So again, another vote for gumshoe. For always, it's incredibly popular, isn't it? Gumshoe in this. Uh, Dr. Sir Ian Cooper, 
uh, Westworld comment, we handle kit as a credibility test. Do you have that uh, the kit that means you could do this? Uh, so although it's colour, have a lightsaber skill, you have a lightsaber. Uh, what can one do? You can melt a door, for example, which gets defined in the fiction. So uh, quest worlds, voting for your own though, so that wouldn't be allowed. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Bonamy Games, Chris. He also says uh, quest worlds, roll stuff into PCs keywords, profession, background, yeah. species. And if the item fits, uh, you've got access to it. I think it's good. I, I, I've got to say when I'm GMing I think that's what I go like your profession and your hobbies does the bit of kit line up with those fine you can have it you know yeah I, yeah, I think that's very sensible uh, and he also points out we, we voted for space opera not space shopra which uh, <laughs> rather torpedoes you cat but Sean <laughs> uh, oh. ah, now now we just mentioned him Smithy of Sacrilege author, Sean F. Smith, he says the supply from Five Torches Deep is excellent. Five Torches, is that like a, that's a 5E uh, sort of modification, is it? Is that right? Awesome. I, I'm, I'm almost certain, I could, I could be wrong. Uh, it's abstract and based on your intelligence score, but can only be used to add more of a thing you've already brought, sort of quantum spares rather than quantum gear. I wonder, if he, uh, I wonder if he got that tweet on a postcard. Uh, uh, Tangled Andy, the Andalorian. Always very, very uh, uh, sit for this. Rogue Trader. Uh, mm. Your career comes with basic options, which I guess is, is a little bit like that, uh, Sam, your, your mothership first okay. edition um, bit. Uh, anything else you need from ammo to a ship's macro cannons is, is, is an availability role. It's the same on... system as Dark Heresy, Rogue Trader. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, and then uh, the D20 Future Show podcast. I'm not sure I should be advertising somebody else's podcast, but okay. The at, at D20 Future Show, I thought we'd all decided that Blades did it best. <laughs> <laughs> I possibly should go for A-State then, really, shouldn't I? But I'm going for Mouse Racer. Okay, so Voting. Should we go? In, we're good. This time we're going to go in reverse order, okay? Which is me first. Uh, so we have the, the, the five uh, selections you have to make make your uh, your decision over. Mouse Ritter from me, the laundry from Cat, Smithy of Sacrilege, which is Jim's. Sam went for Mothership First Edition and Tamsin for Dark Heresy. So. Me first. Can't vote for folk for Mouse Ritter, which is not great. Do you know what? I'm I'm absolutely going. I, I, I didn't think I was going to. I'm going for the laundry. Hey. I think is it although it's not necessarily space shopra, I'm just thinking of the fun that you'd have with with, with the equipment. I think it'd be brilliant. So I'm I'm absolutely going for the laundry. Is my vote, well, which I'll brings us to Cat. Yeah, I yeah. I pulled a head out in the in the thing. So I'm going to oh, the thing is I've now got toss up because I really like the idea of a spice of space mice now, um, yeah. and I love the idea that they would have to uh, Photoshop and make up specialized tokens for this. Um, <laughs> I can always see it going no. 
no, no, you don't. You're all having mice ones. Um, but space, I'm going to go. <laughs> oh, right. That's it. You've lost my vote. Um, I'm going to go with Smithy of Sacrilege because it's Whoa. elegantly small and it would be a lot easier because one thing with equipment, you don't want equipment being the whole struggle of the game. So I'm yeah. going to go with that. Yeah, Smithy or Sacred. It's not turning it into like a like an arms race type thing is what you mean, isn't it? Yeah. I, I guess the equivalent of that is that you know who's got the biggest magic item in fantasy, isn't it? Anyo going down the road. Okay. Uh Jim, you cannot vote for Smithy of Sacrilege. So Dark Heresy, Mothership, The Laundry, or Mouse Ritter. I'm not sure about the laundry thing as described, only because I guess I, I, I prefer, in a way, more campaign player. That's what I do most of, I suppose. And I, I wonder if the novelty would wear off um, where yeah, you go yeah. to the bureaucrat and you, you know, you can say, uh, you know, oh, it's the old bloody Vogon 5 behind the counter and, and we won't, you know, we won't get it in month of Sundays type type thing. I just wonder if that would wear off. I, I, I don't know. But so so I, I think for want of any other rational decision, I'll I'll skip that one. I like the idea of the mouse ritter because I think as grogs get older, I could see myself sitting there with like a set of dominoes just in front of me in the in the care home. And, and I'd put them on the sheet to indicate what I'd got as inventory and move them around. And that would keep me amused uh, while I drank myself to death. Uh, and periodically I'd say I find my laser. And I'd be, I'd be that, you know, I'd be that guy at the back, essentially. I like that, but, but um, I, I think the thing that, that sort of, uh, I guess, resonated with the most was, was the whole dark heresy thing, uh, Tamsin. And, and I know that was going to be Sam's choice as well. I, I, I think fitting into the sort of different genres of sci-fi you could have, which we, which we said right at the start would be, an interesting challenge, you know, space cowboy, epics, uh, whatever. Um, yep. I, I think you could use that in the different scenarios. So, for instance, you know, if, it, if it's, as you say, Tamsin, it's like a great big spaceport, loads of loads of tech in it, things might be cheaper. Um, I also think combining the fun aspect of what Kat said, you know, you, you, you could randomly meet the bastard bureaucrat and... You know, you, you, you've got to grease his tentacle with with credits or something like that to, to get past. So you could have that random level of difficulty with it. Um, so I would I would go for that because I think there's there's enough fun in there for the traders, let's say, and, and bringing yeah. that into it without the space opera level of detail, it, it sounds like. So, yeah, my vote, Dark Heresy. Okay, good. As, as you were saying that, I was thinking about that sort of whole traveller thing, isn't there, about tech levels? on different mm. worlds you could you could you can kind of see that's that's taking it to a next the next level i think okay good dark heresy one vote sam can't vote for mothership i'm afraid so it's dark heresy smithy of sacrilege the laundry or mouse ritter space well, so mouse ritter there's a, a massive uh, equipment tech nerd type of guy i spent most of the early 80s creating uh, lots of lonely fun traveler characters with their own equipment lists and all that sort of stuff because there wasn't much else to do in the 80s um i i'm going to immediately uh, cross off smithy of sacrilege because it's just too simple um i'm going to go look at um, mouse ritter now it, it might work 
but you've got to create every single piece of item for that for this thing which is going to be a pain in the ass that you're not really want to get going to go through so i'm scrubbing that off the list as well um what else have we got oh the laundry uh we've got a mini game about arguing over bureaucracy with with something before we even get onto the mission was the sucking the whole fun out of the whole evening I, <laughs> i've only got i've only got two hours to play the game i want to spend an hour of it trying to convince someone i need some equipment so i'm going to have to go for uh, my first choice, which would have been Dark Heresy First Edition. It's basically based on Warhammer FRPG Second Edition anyway, which is the best edition. And also one of my go-to games. So yeah. And it's mm. and it's a perfect just bolt-on uh section for for the uh, the game they're trying to create. You you just take it all completely and stick it in. You don't have to create anything or do anything, just change some of the 40k names a little bit, you know. So you don't want a chain sword, you've got a laser sword. Just to change the name, you're in. Perfect. Dark heresy. I I I like the idea of cutting down on my uh, on my workload. Okay, we come to Tamsin. Now, Tamsin, you may have to be tactical here. I was gonna say, can I get a recap of the votes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so so the first thing to say is you can't vote for Dark Heresy. I know, yeah. So 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 now trying to game the game, uh, Jim, with uh, Smithy of Sacrilege has one vote. Sam with Mothership has no votes. Tamsin with Dark Heresy has two votes. Yeah. Cat with the Laundry has one vote. Yeah. Me and Mouse Ritter, Space Mouse Ritter, sorry, have no votes. So, Tamsin, of yeah. Mothership versus Mouse Ritter, where are you? Uh, I mean, where are you thinking? I'm with a king. Well, anybody who knows me knows I have a massive aversion to animals in games. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I won't, I won't even let my kids have familiars, right, in D&D. So I just hate them. It's, it's, there's a large list of things I hate in games, and animals oh, is one yeah. of them. Um, so, but I, was, I wasn't so keen on Mothership because it's already won something, but I have been swayed by Sam's simplicity <laughs> and And the prospect of winning this yeah. section <laughs> is, is it mothership you're voting for i am voting for mothership yes <laughs> that is wow that is the very going on. double win for shocking. me <laughs> shocking it is shocking Tam- i know <laughs> tamzin's also going to join me in dumb yes, grogging at home with these little dominoes on this mouse ritter space mouse character uh, shape yeah listen what yeah. you also get with Mouse Ritter, I, I felt I should have pointed this out. You get a little little branded pen uh, and, and some blank tokens. So you can draw your own little tokens on there. So not so much of the uh, having to do I'm everything before I'm buying you start. I'm thinking this for my kids, though. I'm thinking I might buy a mouse as long as they don't make me play it. No, great, great. They, they can almost pretend then that they've got a pet. Or I thought you were going to say pretend they've got a mother. Yes, pretend. <laughs> a mother who cares. Yeah. Master to itself was was a really good game. 
we, we played it at virtual gog meet i think yeah and it, yeah and it yeah. was it worked really well for a fantasy style game of little mouse mice going around a house but space no I, I, I am I am fully saying there should be space mouse ritter. Little mouse yeah. with their little teeny little space suits going out there. It would be awesome. Obviously, the space gerbils will be the evil fraction. The mice on the good side. You could almost have um, Star Wars in mouse form or rodent form. You could. <laughs> Darth Rat, whatever you call Darth Rodent. Darth Ferret. Mm. I'm sure yeah. puppets in space had the rats in spacesuits, so you've got a visual yeah. there. Yeah, I'll come up with a really good, uh, a really good joke, but I'll, I'll save that for one of uh, about Mouse Ritter in space. I'll save that for the uh, the post edit. Okay, so good. The winner, the winner of kit, stroke equipment, mechanics for using thereof, Dark Heresy. Nicely done. Okay, so so now we come on to the second subject, and this is about luck. So it, it's those sort of it's all of those other mechanics that have some way of being able to influence the game, either either possibly I guess before a dice roll, but certainly after a dice roll to try and change the the sort of the storyline or the story arc. Does that make sense? It brings in it brings in a lot of mechanics. So, uh, who would like to start on that one? Should we go, should we go in, in almost reverse? Cat. <laughs> oh, Kat? I want to start. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> you really did. Well, go on, as long as you don't mind, Cat. Can Sam start? Yeah, Sam can start. Providing on, he's Sam. not going to nick my system. Other than that, I'm about to say we need we need to like prejudge who's got the same. No. Mm. Come on then, can, Sam. What are we going for? Uh, who can I gazump? Mm. Well, the question is, do we really need luck points in a game? And the obvious answer is, of course, yes, of course we do. Yeah, yeah. Unlike yes. some GMs, I prefer to offer my players a little fun at the table rather than being afraid to do anything of any sort of danger. Yeah. Uh, every time you know, a player is forced to pick up some dice, chaos takes the wheel, obviously. Uh, you know, We've all been there when the GM says, uh, yeah, anything but a one, and obviously the next... Dice roll is going to be a one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I was I was initially looking at going with every win, uh, which is essentially the Ooh. Barbarians of Lemuria system. However, yeah. I, I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be a little too gonzo for the pulpy, although it is a space opera game, the style yeah. we're going for. The thing, things like Rabble Slayer wouldn't fit in with uh, crit tables and the combat style that's already been chosen. So uh, I'm going to have to rule that one out. So I am actually going for a homebrewed fate point system. So bear with as I quickly lay this out. Okay. Every character would start the adventure with one, two, or three fate points, depending on the character type, scenario, difficulty, of GM whim. And uh, these fate points can be spent simply to force a re-roll of the last dice roll at the table. So that sort of thing's been done a few times before. I mean uh Warhammer fancy role play was a bit is a bit like that. Yeah. Uh, so it could be your own roll. You could re-roll, uh, roll to hit the Star Beast, for example, or it could be uh, the Star Beast's roll to dodge. You could force that to re-roll, or it could even be one of your fellow players making a making a roll somewhere. Uh, doesn't matter as long as it's the last roll at the table. So you you can't wait to see the damage roll before forcing the to hit re-roll. You see what I mean? And then you could maybe mm. uh, increase your uh, pool of fate points occasionally through things like 
you know, GM caveat or good role playing success or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good role playing yeah. is another one that that people hate. Yep, we could use that. So the idea is that it's a, a, a valuable resource that you should be hoarded and used sparingly rather than spaffed away on a whim. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they'd be too overpowered either because uh, they're not automatic success points or avoid death points. They're just simply allowing another roll of those pernicious dice, which slightly mitigates roll 20s, uh, vagaries with with uh, yeah, multiple dice rolling. So yeah, yeah, my suggestion, yeah. homebrew fate points, which I've already been using in my mm-hmm. Pendragon Mythic Grease game, for example, which mm-hmm. uh, two of you here have played. Maybe the first time we've had anybody saying, "No, this is what you should do." I've just made it up. Well, it's a sort of rip off of of Warhammer, so it's not really made up. Okay, like that though. Simple, <laughs> effective. Cat, had you home brewed fate points, or is it space mouse ritter bonus points you've got up your sleeve? <sighs> I've thought I've never actually played or read mouse ritter, so I wouldn't know. Um, but I really want to now because. I've- now I've got space mice on my mind. Um, I'm actually going to go with, uh, instead, I'm going to go with the momentum system from Star Trek. The reason is, is that it has still got, you know, you've got a pool that you're, that the players can all draw from if things are going badly. Um, because it's a pool everyone can go from, everyone can build towards it as well, which allows bigger successes, you know, if, if on a, on a mission, things are going badly. You can spend those momentum points to get extra rolls, extra actions, or something to to pull the mission from from dire failure right through to success. Hopefully, if everything else goes all right. Um, yeah, yeah. And I kind of like that rather than relying on, you know, you know, it, luck mechanics where you've got it on your character sheet. Unfortunately, the character with the most chances with luck or something is not the person who needs it. It's often that poor little person that's got absolutely no chance. Um, and that's what I like about um, having, a, having a system where you can bank luck almost, like momentum. So if you're not using it, you can just sit in the pool until you do need it. Um, and there's no pressure to spend it straight away. Um, you can make the, that informed decision of whether do we need that luck now or is it fine to be a bit unlucky at this point in time and just take the consequences so later on we can, you know, have a run of good luck. Yeah, so I, I'm going to go with momentum. Okay, so, so this, is, this is obviously the Modiphius 2D20 Star Trek, yeah? Yeah, it is. And and it is, it, it's, a, it's a group resource, isn't it? Yeah. Do you... Do you no, because you, you, you it is a group resource, but you can earn momentum as if you roll really well as well. But you can make a choice of spending it yourself there and then on yourself, or yeah. whether it goes in the group pool. So if things are going really well and you want that little bit of extra luck to push it a bit further, you can. Yeah. It's yours, but it's also. But if you don't, then it goes into a group pool, and then you can all sort of like go. You know, someone's you know really badly. I don't know. Uh, just taking a lightsaber to the to the leg, you know, to the knee. Um, everyone could go. No, use the momentum to get rid of that. It's fine. Uh, re-roll, re-roll. I, I I would like to challenge. I would like oh. to challenge that statement. This, this is a new rule. <laughs> it is. I know it's fine, and I'm going to explain why I hate momentum. So, 
what ha- it's not the it's not the system itself it's the practicalities of it okay and okay. actually how it works in games so there's a couple of games that have momentum i want to say maybe new june's got it as well but basically what happens is it builds up and then you finish the game and everyone's like oh yeah there's that seven momentum that we forgot to use the whole time. Uh, like, because it's a group resource, it just kind of goes into this pot. Unless somebody is like white hot on it and remembers you're caught up in the game. It just, be, it's just like an extra layer of admin that is often forgotten about <laughs> as no, you I, go through. Yeah, I don't think that that, I mean, I've not ever really seen that happen. We use tokens for it. I mean, to be fair, poker chips work brilliantly for it. Having something that clinks really, really focuses your mind. But having it in front and, you know, if things are going badly, you know, it is, you know, everyone should be looking what else can we do to help support it. And even the when I've run run Star Trek, I have been known to just pick up momentum and just clink it in front and go, do you want to use this? It is there (laughs) to remind people. As soon as you've reminded people a couple of times, they look at it straight away. And I've never had that problem. Uh, To be fair, it's a bit like some of the other, you know, systems like equipment that we kind of all think, oh, fuck it, that's a little bit clunky or tedious. Let's just ignore it and say we've got it. Sorry, we've just voted on it, but that happens in games. What we ended up having to buy the biggest dice we could to put in the middle of the table. So you literally couldn't see each other for the size of the big dice to remind yourself about momentum. It got that bad. So maybe it is my group, um, but it ha- I have had it at Con as well. So it's not just uh, my players. So I, it's not so, momentum as such, it's the thing. It's the yeah, I, do you know, do you know do you, I thought I could be wrong. I thought certainly in Conan, I think it resets after every scene, doesn't it? And the pool if you goes, don't use it, you lose you it. Revert, yeah. Yeah. And you revert back to I don't know whether that's true of Star Trek. I'm pretty sure in Conan that at the end of the scene you lose it and you get so if you if you automatic you know, some skills or feats or traits or whatever it is, I can't bloody remember what they call them. You have I always start with one more luck than somebody or whatever it might be fortune or fate points or something. Okay, but it's challenge, new wrinkle, new wrinkle to the game. Just, <laughs> uh, just apropos of nothing, actually, Kat, when you mentioned uh, does Mouse Ritter, sorry, does Space Mouse Ritter have luck rolls? It does, and it's incredibly easy. Uh, I'll just read it very quickly. Luck rolls are for events that have an unpredictable outcome outside the remit of strength, dex, or will saves. Assign an X in six chance... <laughs> to the outcome occurring, low for unlikely, high for likely, then roll a d6. If the result is equal to or less than a chance, it happens. Bob's your uncle fan. That's, I may change my... I may change I say, is, that your, is that your uh, vote then? Uh... I, I'm That's way too dangling. simple. I'm going to keep you dangling now. <laughs> what, what's the point of rolling it dice? Just say, say yes, you've got it. <laughs> it might be Space Mouse Ritter. An X in six chance, however. Jim. Ooh, just say yes or just say no. Um, I'll, I'll dive Nancy into Reagan. the uh, thought processes where I start in the middle and work out. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, as you probably guessed, struggle with fake points, luck points, call them what you will. 
Um, contradicting myself, I've quite enjoyed them when I've played one-off games. Uh, as I mentioned earlier <laughs> at conventions in, in different systems, I've, I've quite enjoyed them as a player, but I'm not, I, I'm not convinced uh, at all for long-term uh, games, I suppose. I, okay. I, I, I think the failure can generate story and you can come back again. I mean, you know, you, you think of the original Star Wars trilogy and you you think of the middle film um, where he gets his hands chopped off and that's come back. Um, and I, I I kind of like that idea and all these things are personal preference anyway, but, but I, I, I think, you know, that, that kind of uh, failure can generate story. Um, you know, on the plus side, I guess, as Kat described, fate points can be more collaborative. Uh, get you all in together, building up a pool of stuff, maybe that kind of stuff. I, I think it helps avoid the sort of insta-death thing, um, you know, where where maybe you're cast out of the airlock um, to drift into space. Um, and, and it, of course, can save the beloved PC, which, which is the same thing. But yeah. on, on the whole, um, I tend to think that there's a bit less jeopardy, which, again, maybe something people do or don't want. Um, yeah. So, so sort of what's the solutions to that, at least for me? Um, I guess you can use them in advance, which, which I prefer rather than, I think, um, changing a role afterwards. So you might add it as extra luck or you find the extra battery pack or, um, you know, you're, you're lucky enough to have the extra oxygen cylinder, which will last you another five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. I... I like the idea of tweaking um, perhaps a set of rules to give a little bit more survivability if that's what you want, but there's still a rule. So you may allow, I don't know, negative hit points uh, up to con, and then you've got around to heal them or whatever it is. You know, medipack, medipack by the end of the round or the special um, gloop from from uh, Q that, that allows, uh, allows the laser wound to heal over or something like that until you get to the facility um but you've got a little but it's a limited resource i guess um if you have to use them i guess uh, go cthulhu where you have a luck stat maybe that you spend again a finite resource um but especially where you uh have got a sort of second role to do things but if you do it the consequences are worse if you, if you fail rather the consequences are worse um I think having some framework around that is is useful to to have a second bite of the cherry, um, but apply a skill to it so it gives you some some narrative. Um, I, I I thought about this as well and and was thinking about how you'd you'd kind of work out stuff so you didn't need luck points and it probably involves some some preparation and more brain than I have. But if if I use the airlock <laughs> example. Um, you know, it may be that you describe it to the players as, you know, you're being dragged by the space orc to the airlock uh, because your poetry is crap and you're going to be thrown out. You do glance out of the corner of your eye and see uh, some kind of spaceship outside and, you you know, you might fail to fight the orc and, and you get thrown out the airlock, but actually the spaceship could be your ally or something like that. So so there might be different ways of setting up the game so you you maybe don't need it or there, there's survivability options. Um mm-hmm. So I have a choice between what we're still going to call as ammo defense, whatever anybody else says, <laughs> go for nothing. Um, or, or go for the sort of Cthulhu idea. Um, and and 
really say you get a second bite of the cherry in terms of re-rolling and or luck stat, um, but the consequences are worse. Um, I, I quite like that idea for generating the narrative. So if I've got to pick a system, I'm going to go with that. So you're going with Call of Cthulhu? Yeah, I'm tempted to go with the Zamo defence because uh, nobody else will uh, and, and, and scrap them. At least I get no abuse from old Scouse. Uh, but um, I, I, I think I will go with the Cthulhu idea because we've got a we've got a D100 system already. Um, it, it sort of fits in with that, so I, I would go for that if we've got to have some form of luck. So it's it's it, it's pushing the roll and luck as a stat. Yeah, yeah, which you can add to something, so you've got that finite resource. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that uh, that buggers up my suggestion, but okay, Tamsin. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> obviously I did this last season, so I'm trying to be different this time. I was tempted to say Angel, but we'll we'll just move on from that. Um, yep. So, and I I was really tempted to say say D and D inspiration. Um, because I just had so much fun with it. And I think it really does um, encourage uh, great role-playing and the GM can recognise great role-playing, hand out inspiration yeah. points. You can't have more than one and you can give it to other people. However, uh, this is the sci-fi season, so I cannot yep. pick D&D. So there you go. No. So I had to come up with something else. Okay. Um, and since I didn't want to do kind of plot points, that I've done before, yeah. Yeah. then a bit like Jim, I'm looking at uh, luck as a stat. And um, the reason I like the idea as luck as a stat is because it appeals to what kind of role player are you? Are you a min-maxer mm -hmm. or a max-minner? So you're doing your stats, you have to allocate points to luck instead of maybe allocating it to dexterity or something like that so do you want kind of more guaranteed lower successes or do you want to be able to do that big role and and kind of add your luck in and make sure you succeed but then maybe not be as good the rest of the time so I think there's a really interesting character choice around uh, making less luck a stat that is competing with the other stats for your points so with that in mind, looking at a couple of systems. So the two that I've kind of picked out, the first one is Slay Industries. Yeah. So, Do you know, I, um, I bought that the last time you talked about it, actually. Have you had a look? It is one of the most beautiful books. Very good. Uh, it's very good. Um, yeah. The, the yeah. artwork is amazing. Um, yeah, so... During character generation, you allocate points to it. Um, and with that, you get a number, um, I think up to about three, and you can use those for re-rolls or adding uh, to your rolls to make sure you succeed, kind of quite standard. So that would be my first pick. And then my other one, oh, I will dig out here, is Shadowrun. Now, I know there's a lot of hate for Shadowrun in this world. 
and I don't care because I love Shadowrun. Um, it was kind of my go-to game as a teenager growing up. I think I've read every single novelization uh, that goes with it. So I'm very much okay. into it. This is the... Someone 20th. had to. Exactly. <laughs> this is the... Um, watch your back, conserve your ammo, and never do a deal with a dragon. Um, so this is the 20th anniversary core rule book that I've got. And okay. again, and I'll say... I'm going to pick this over Slay Industries, even though it pains me to do it because Slay is Scottish and, like I said, the most beautiful artwork in it. I'm going to pick Shadowrun, even though it's quite similar at start points, because it's got this very cool mechanic in it called the Dead Man's Trigger. So I don't know if you know about this. So no. you can use your, you can use your kind of, um, and it's Edge. In, um, in Shadowrun. So you can use your edge points for kind of the usual modifying roles, et cetera, et cetera. But if you, so the dead man's trigger, if you are about to die or fall unconscious, you yeah. can spend an edge point or a luck fate point to perform one more action. Before Simple you action. then. Before, before you conk out. And I just love that kind of role-playing dramatic idea that, you know, yeah, your, your hit points are all gone. You're about to be out of the count. You can do one more thing, like, you know, hit a redial on your phone or, you know. My last, my last grenade. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and that is um, something you can do with your fate points. So for that reason... I'm going to put forward Shadowrun with luck as a stat for the, yeah. for the character generation and for the Dead Man's Trigger. So would we actually call it Edge or would we we'd call it luck? I think we should call it's it Edge. Edge. <laughs> we should call it Edge and Dead Man's Trigger. I do like, I think that is actually, as, as a sort of mechanic anyway, I think that's a brilliant... Uh, maybe you a, can, a you can whatever wins, maybe you can get that in. A little... Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, very, very importantly, we shouldn't lo lose sight of this. We had uh, right back in episode one, uh, Martin M Cookie one two three said uh, everything has to have a wow about it, and you could see between that giggling his socks off, yeah, is <laughs> <laughs> knob knob twiddling, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But okay, interesting, like that. So. Wow. Uh, my turn. Well, space I was going to say... Uh, sorry, go on, Kat. It's space mice. <laughs> yeah. I was going to choose uh, Call of Cthulhu. Oh, sorry. Partly, did, you, did you telegraph that earlier? No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether you'd figured that. I. Uh, uh, he always picks Call of Cthulhu for one of his choices. That is... That is Always, yeah. The thing I, the thing I really, so actually, what the reason why I was going to say Call of Cthulhu, one of the reasons why I like it so much, is uh, apart from the fact that I used to play lots of Call of Cthulhu when when I first started role playing games. It was the first uh, game, I, uh, pretty much the first game I played when I came out of the the sort of the deep freeze, and it was seventh edition that I got hold of. So it was, it was not only was it like you know, a comfortable old suit or shoe um, 
with uh, with Call of Cthulhu, but it had these new rules, which just for me anyway took it to a, to a completely sort of new level. So I love, you know, pushing the role, luck, and everything else. But do you know what? I I am going to go for uh, space mice, Yay! mouse written. <laughs> Sorry, I, I am going to go because actually I think that's it's 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 the simplicity of it. If if you were looking at you know using a luck roll, uh, a one in six chance for something that's almost maniacally unlikely to happen, right the way through to a, I don't know what what, what the uh, six in six chance would be, automatic success five in six then. Uh, I can't do maths or dice dice rolls. I'll shut up now. I'm going for mouse ritter. Mouse ritter for the simplicity. <laughs> uh, space mouse ritter though i'm renaming that so good good spread there though so we have jim has gone for call of cthulhu a combination of luck as a pool and stat and also the pushing the role i i, I think that might be for me anyway that pushing the role bit i think is is a real you know, we've talked several times in 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 your sort of dis discussions of your own choices. You've talked about the the jeopardy, and there are consequences if you push your role. So I, I, that's another reason why I call out that one. If you go for pulp Cthulhu, you could physically spend your luck stat to to make yeah. successes. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. what I was thinking of actually. So maybe that's where I read it. Yeah, the the, the idea that you. You, you have a stat, you spend it, and you also push your roll. That's what I was thinking of in the Cthulhu context. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, do, you make a choice for two. There are, some in, there are some instances where you cannot spend luck, and there are some instances where I don't think you can push a roll either. Um, anything related to sanity, I don't think you can, you can push either of those. And, and, of course, you can't push a luck roll. Okay, but call of Cthulhu, yeah, definitely. Sam had these home-brewed fate points, one to three, but you can only spend it on the last role that was made and actually that's that's a very very elegant way i think of saying this is how you can alter the narrative but it's only this so it can't be something sort of outlandish i want to spend 50 points of luck for example would be to me would be a bit too much but anyway there we are. uh tamsin <laughs> went for uh not D, D inspiration before we get any <laughs> any uh, uh any uh abusive emails about that uh slay industries was was one you mentioned as well did but you went for finally shadow run and edge and particularly the dead man's trigger which is great cat went with the momentum pool from 2d20 system but the star trek particularly the star trek uh mechanic which is this group mechanic but also you know the opportunity to to spend it solo um and in general again this is is i keep another one i'm not going to say it again modifius Make your bloody games more clear, will you, please? And then finally, me with a uh, space mouse ritter. And nobody did Nancy Reagan just say no. Good. So, how, Sorry, should, we, how should we go for this? Pat, <laughs> <laughs> you cannot Ooh. vote for Star Trek 2D20. So, Ooh. which iteration are you going to go for? Oh, I. <sighs> I think I want to go for the elegant system because I think that luck shouldn't be so drawn out. 
um, as some of the other mechanics are. So I am going to go with Sam's homebrew system because luck shouldn't be a drawn-out process, and I like the elegance and simplicity, and it will make it quicker at the table. So all for that. You've got the points. You can only spend it in this way. Yep. Okay. Uh, Tamsin, what would you like to uh, go for? Obviously, mm. you can't vote for Shadowrun. So Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Sam's mm -hmm. homebrew fate point scheme. Star yeah. Trek 2D20 or Space Mouse Ritter. I mean, it's not much of a choice for me. Um, I, aforementioned, hate animals. I hate momentum. Um, so I'm left with the other two. And to be honest, I didn't know I can make up my own bobbins. Um, and I might have done that <laughs> in the past. So just on a point of principle, um, and also because it's a luck stat, which I agree with, because um, I like that character generation pull, um, it's Call of Cthulhu. Good. Jim's Call of Cthulhu. So, uh, Jim. Jim, you can't vote for Call of Cthulhu. So we have Sam's homebrew fate points. Only spend it on the last roll. One to three points refreshes as as and when. Shadow Run from Tamsin and the Dead Man's Trigger. Star Trek 2D20 or Space Mouse Ritter. Well, I, I do like the idea when I'm sort of in my, you know, elastic pants in, in Dungroggin that, that uh, I just roll a 1D6 and I'm lucky or whatever, but uh, I think that's a no. Um, I'd, I, I'm, and it's a personal thing, isn't it? I'm, I'm not convinced by the idea of the whole um pool of luck points and you know you save them to the end and maybe you change an outcome or something like that or whatever mm -hmm. um I, again i can see it as a one-off thing um I did, and, and yeah I, I think it's just a personal thing and i didn't go for the nancy reagan so um i i did and i think one of the reasons i don't like the the sort of luck points fate points thing is because i don't like the Oh, I'll just re-roll so much. Um, I guess, even though I have played games in them, and including one that Sam's run. So uh, I, I think I'm going to go for the Shadow Run because I like the idea of it being a stat. I think it fits in with the rest of um, the, the sort of Frankenstein RPG uh, in, in that sense. Uh, but I especially like Last Grenades. Uh, I, I think if you're going to have a character die, you probably want it dying in reasonable circumstances. Um, where, you, where you've made some kind of heroic difference, um, even if you're a dead in red. So I, I, I think the last grenade thing is, is a good way to go out. Um, I, I, I think particularly of an adventure we, we once did where Old Scouse had some plastic explosives down his trousers. Sausage jokes were made, but he took out the vampire. That does stick with me. Um, so, uh, yeah, last grenade. Okay, Shadow Run gets a vote. Good. Sam, you can't vote for your own homebrew fate points, but we have Call of Cthulhu uh, has a vote. Homebrew fate points has a vote. You can't vote for that. Shadow Run has a vote. Star Trek 2D20 Momentum, nil votes. Space Mouse Ritter, very unusually, nil votes. I'm, I'm <laughs> disappointed, but <laughs> what are you going for? I just want to make it clear that in our next uh, Pendragon Greek game, Jim, you're getting no fate points, all right? Yeah, no, I understand that. I'm going for the superhero character that doesn't start off with any, and I'm going to die. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, momentum, um, not sure about momentum at all, really. It's, it's a big pool of people, a big pool of points with people that might be too polite just to, to say, oh, I want to take a momentum point. I want to take one of those. You've got to think about that at yeah. a con game. I'm not sure that would work. Uh, spouse, space Mouse Ritter, nah, 
too damn simple, too damn uh, rubbish, really. 16% chance on, on your barest, hardest chance. No, too easy. So forget that one. I like the look you're of all, the... You're all animalist. <laughs> I like the look well, of <laughs> Shadowrun, uh, the edge points uh, system with Dead Man's Trigger. That looks pretty good. But I'm actually going to go for... Because I've used it quite a lot in previous games, I'm going to go for the Cthulhu pushing the roll and the luck stat spend, especially since you can, uh, in Pulp Cthulhu, save your last 30 luck points to avoid certain death. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Cthulhu, Pulp Cthulhu. Mm. Okay. So, just me. Uh, I do, I, funny enough, actually, I do like uh, Momentum from uh, Modifius Star Trek. And I'm assuming that the um, the GM gets doom points as well, don't they? Yeah. So it's like a quid pro quo, I think, isn't it? So the, the GM also gets to play with the stuff. So I do, I actually do like momentum. I, I think, I think the problem, the only problem there is it sometimes it just takes a little bit of time for the system to warm up, for everybody to get used to it, and then, and then it's. I think it works really well. Um, does, does it also become a, become a thing where towards the end you've got to pull as a GM, the players have got a pull, and it becomes a, a contest of luck points rather than a rather than anything else? And, and I'm genuinely asking. Uh, I'm not. I'm not suggesting criticism here. To be absolutely honest with you, I think a little bit as, as Kat was saying, but also actually as Tamsin was saying, I think sometimes people sort of forget about them. And and if and. I've only, as I said, I've only really played Conan, although we played uh, June. It's got it too, June yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm pretty well. certain that, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty certain that at the end of the scene, it resets. I, I, you know, I may be wrong, so I may, okay. I may have said the wrong thing. But but I think I'm right in saying, Cat, is that right? The, the GM mm-hmm. gets the doom points, don't they? You get fret. Um, points um, in return, although, as I said, you don't always have to use them. You can pick when you use them as well. So, you know, it's a bit like... I I quite like... Yeah, I I quite like everybody being involved in in, in that sort of moment. Anyway, I'm not going to vote for it. I can't vote for Space Mouse Ritter, which clearly should be the winner. I do love Shadow. I love the idea of the dead man's trigger. I think that's... My last grenade is <laughs> such a fantastic way to go. I also very much like Call of Cthulhu, and clearly that was one I was I was going to bring up as my example too, because I think it's I think it's it's the best iteration, because sometimes things just come with with the jeopardy of pushing your role. I would have got probably would have gone more on the pushing the role than than luck as a as a as a state as a, as a group of of points to spend. And I also really like. Um, Sam's homebrew fate points. You get between one and three spent uh, to re-roll the last roll. So that's what I'm going to vote for. I'm voting for homebrew fate points. And that then means we have a tie, ladies and germs. We have a tie. Call of Cthulhu has two points. Homebrew fate points has two. Shadowrun only had the one. And Star Trek and Space Mouse Ritter went pointless. So it is a it is a point off. So now if you if you've nominated it, you can vote for it. And 
there is an element of uh, of at least one of the people in this vote voted for the other one. So I'll come to you very quickly in, in name or you have to go vote either Call of Cthulhu or Homebrew Fate Points. Jim, Call of Cthulhu, Homebrew Fate Points. Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd rather not just have the re-roll. I'd rather have the... The, 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 points the as well, yeah. 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 Sam, homebrew yeah. fake points, call of Cthulhu. Cthulhu too complicated. Fake points all the way. Sam, is it homebrewed or call of Cthulhu? Homebrew. Because I feel like stirring a pot. Et tu bruto. Cat, homebrew. Look, look or we, Call we of all know that I'm sorry. I was going to say, I chose like faint points, plot points last season, and I was only trying not to like copy myself. So my heart lives with fate points. Angel. Which one yeah, are you going for? Angel. Homebrew, Call of Cthulhu. Homebrew. Ooh, my vote becomes irrelevant, which is broadly speaking true of the rest <laughs> of my life. I'm also going to stick with homebrew fate points. So by. A, a second round score of four to one, Sam. Hey. Landslide. You, nice. You you are now a a a fictional game uh, designer. Put that on your CV. I designed part of a game that would never exist because it's the mad ramblings of a group of people. See, that's what you call a re-roll at the last minute to snatch victory, isn't it? That's right. Use my fake point can, successfully. Can we can we maybe ask the Twitterati if we can sneak in Dead Man's Trigger as one of the things you can spend a fate point in? I, I, I think much like uh, Martin's wow moment, we have to have Dead Man's Trigger in there. Hmm. I, I think that becomes a, a game mechanic. You, the, when you are going to die, you have one last one last action to take because that'll be a wow i think but it, maybe you could use your use your fake point to to roll the last thing like the grenade goes off instead of a re-roll or something you could you know give it a go that'd be yeah, fun mm-hmm. bigger fun so we 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 have excuse me episode eight we were looking at kit stroke equipment stroke whatever and then luck and those other bits equipment comes from dark heresy Nicely played, uh, Tamsin. Well done. And uh, luck, etc., has uh, homebrewed fate points. You can only spend them on the last dice roll. Nobody becomes overpowered. Sam's homebrew fate points, plus the dead man's trigger mechanic, Ooh. which is absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Good. That's all. Excellent. Well done. I'll stop the. Uh, I'll stop the recording there. So, there you have it. An object lesson in not recording whilst under the influence. <laughs> so now, uh, clearly, Dead Man's Grenade gets in, along with Dark Harris's kit and Sam's homebrewed, well, stolen from Warhammer, three points of fate and spend on a dice re-roll. Good. Brilliant. <laughs> a massive thank you again uh, to the amount of attention that we are getting on Twitter. But well, in the main, it's Twitter. And even when it's challenging... Uh, and certainly challenging the podcast it's always good natured so thank you for that too we are uh, coming towards the end of this series probably about three or four left and i'm thinking about the next i'll keep my powder dry 
uh, but I may try and monkey with the format a little and maybe, just maybe, try, uh, try to actually create something that doesn't just live in our collective imaginations. Hmm. Thanks for downloading. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And uh, please don't forget to leave a review or pass the pod. After all, why should you be the only ones who suffer? <laughs> See you soon. And next episode, we're looking at uh, scenario and gym, GM, gym, GM advice, which should be a corker. Anyway, take care. Many thanks. Thank you.